Act One of The Young Idea, a comedy in three acts by Noel Coward. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Cast of Characters George Brent, read by Drew Gulino. Gerda, his child, read by Amanda Mel. Sholto, his child, read by Bucksaw. Jennifer, his first wife, divorced, read by Jennifer Pratt. Cicely, his second wife, read by Claire Butler. Priscilla Hartleberry, read by Jennifer Pratt. Claude Eccles, read by Jeff Butterfield. Julia Cragworthy, read by Amb Sweet Thirteen. Eustace Dabbitt, read by Matthew Reese. Sybil Blaith, read by Jody LaBelle. Rodney Masters, read by Mike Manalakis. Huddle Butler, read by Larry Wilson. Hiram J. Walken, read by Jeff Butterfield. Maria, servant at the villa, read by April 6090. Stage directions, read by Todd. Scenes Act One Hall of George Brent's House in England. Act Two The Same A Week Later. Act Three Jennifer Brent's Villa in Italy Three Weeks Later. The Young Idea. Act One Scene The scene is the hall of George Brent's house in the hunting country. It is well furnished and comfortable. There is a door on the right leading to the drawing room, a staircase at the back with a turn in it. A little to the left of this, there is an opening into a smaller hall and the front door. Further down left is a curtained window, and on the extreme left, a door leading to dining room. When the curtain rises, the stage is empty. Huddle enters through hall door and stands aside to admit Roddy Masters. Will you come into the drawing-room, sir? No, I'll wait here. Crosses to table right. Uh, very good, sir. He turns. Roddy, carelessly. Mrs. Brent is in? Right center. Yes, sir, I will tell her you're here. Exit huddle. Roddy crosses down to window and looks out. Enter Cicely. Hello, Roddy. Crosses to center. Roddy, right center, turning quickly, in eager tones. Cicely! Well? Haven't you forgiven me for last night? Oh, don't be silly. You were awfully cross. Well, it was the sort of obviousness that I particularly dislike. Roddy, aggrieved. I don't see why. We were all playing the beastly game, the whole house party. Claude Eccles hid with Priscilla heaps of times. Cecily, right center. That's not the point. Anyhow, she's a silly little fool to let him. Moves to left. Roddy crosses left center. Sullenly. I'm sure you exaggerate. No one really notices that sort of thing. Cecily, by fender, suddenly going close to him. Roddy, I'm a little frightened. Uncomfortable. I don't know why. It may be because I've stayed in all day. I wish I'd hunted after all. What are you frightened of? Cecily, looking away. I don't know. Roddy, left center, suddenly taking her in his arms. 
silly old thing. Cecily left, breaking away. Roddy, you mustn't. George is in the house. Don't you understand he's in the house? Roddy, up to center, rather nonplussed. I thought he was hunting. Well, he isn't. He's in the drawing-room, and he might come out at any minute. It doesn't matter if he does. It matters much more than you think. We've been together much too openly lately, and he's no fool. Roddy sits on settee. I wish I could make you understand. My dear old girl, you mustn't get nervy. George would never suspect anything in a thousand years. Cecily, with sarcasm. It might afford slight food for suspicion if he came down and found me clasped tightly in your arms. You're never to do it again, not in the house. It's too dangerous. I hardly get you to myself at all. Now that's not fair of you, Roddy. You know I do my best, but we must not be blatant. You will not understand. If George did by any chance discover everything, well, he'd do something dreadful. Shoot himself, or divorce me, or... Anyhow, there'd be a terrible scandal. Crosses right. Roddy rises. Down center. I think you're overrating George's character. He's not nearly strong-minded enough to do anything so dashing as divorce or shooting. I do wish you wouldn't despise my husband so, Roddy. It isn't good form. Roddy crosses right center. Damn good form, when it's a question of being in love. With someone else's wife. I see your point. Look here, Cecily, I... I... Why aren't you a little nicer to me? Cecily drops back. I'm perfectly nice, and the nicest part of me is not letting you run down George. I have some sense of duty left. You women are extraordinary creatures. I wonder if you realize what a grand passion means. Yes, it means wanting a thing very badly until you've got it. And after you've got it, always, forever, you sneer at my love for you and pretend it won't last. But you know in your heart that it's the truest thing that's ever been. Cecily, softly. Is it, Roddy? Is it really? My God, just let me prove it. Roddy takes her in his arms before she has time to resist, and kisses her passionately. As she breaks free from him, George Brent appears at drawing-room door. Cecily crosses to table right. Hello, Roddy. Why aren't you hunting today? Crosses to left center. Roddy up to center, a little flustered. Oh, I don't know. Uh, why aren't you? I'm waiting in to welcome my two children. I suppose you're staying on to tea. Oh, no, thanks. I just dropped in on my way to Dalsham. I'm going to see the new mare Rawlings has there. Was that the one he was riding on Monday? Roddy, upright center. I don't know. I wasn't out. Anyhow, he's willing to sell, and I'm going to have first refusal. Will you drive me over with you? I want a little air. Slight movement upstage. Of course I will. Only... Uh... Cecily to table. Nervously... I haven't been out all day. A drive would buck me up. I rather wanted you to stay in this afternoon, Cecily. Cecily crosses to George, left center. I know, but I can't help it. You can make them both feel at home just as well without me. Roddy drops right. They'll think it rather odd. Goes left. You ought to stay. Well, I can't. I simply can't. Crosses to right, up. I have a headache. 
Will you bring me back in time for tea, Roddy? Yes. There, George. I'll be back in time for tea. I'll go and start up the car. Exit, whistling. If it's as necessary as all that, of course there is no more to be said. Cecily is about to follow Roddy. I want to speak to you for a moment before you go, Cecily. Cecily stops. What is it? Crosses down left center. I don't wish this affair of yours with Roddy to become public property. You'd better be careful. Cecily, astounded. George, I... what do you mean? George to Cecily, quite quietly. This is what I mean. You think I'm a weak-minded ass, don't you? Sublimely unconscious of what goes on under my nose. You and Roddy both think that. You and Charlie Templeton thought it also. And Mark Hunter and Douglas Green. You're awfully silly sometimes, Cecily. Cecily, horrified. George, what are you going to do? I'm not going to do anything, providing you don't make a scandal. This is just a warning. But I... Now don't be tiresome, Cecily. I don't feel in the mood for a scene. Look here, George. Movement to George. You see, we... we just care for each other, that's all. I'm sorry if I hurt you. Rubbish. You haven't hurt me a bit. Cecily starts back. You mean because you don't love me any more? Exactly. Then you don't? Of course not. Why should I? You don't love me. Did you expect me to go on adoring you while you carried on various affairs with the whole county? I think it's simply maddening of you to underrate my intelligence like that. It's one thing Jennifer never did. How dare you talk to me of Jennifer? Why not? You kiss young men in my hall. Cecily, furious. To have her children here is bad enough, but for you to hold her up to me as an example? George left. I never held her up as an example. She was much too irritating to be good for anyone. Dear Jennifer. Dear Jennifer, indeed. You didn't say dear Jennifer when you were married to her. Turns to center. Yes, I did. Quite a number of times. But it didn't have the slightest effect. Dear Jennifer. Cecily, movement down to George. I don't attempt to understand you, George. Are you trying to insult me? To drive me to my lover's arms? I fail to see the point of my driving you, dear, when you trot there so nicely by yourself. Cecily, left center. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think of you. You're not deceiving me a bit, you know. All this easy banter is only to cover your weakness, your lack of moral courage. You say you know of my affair with Roddy, and yet you won't take any decisive step. You're afraid. Afraid, and I despise you for it. Turns away up to stairs. It depends on what you mean by decisive. If you expect me to hit Roddy over the head with a mallet, I certainly shan't. I like him too much. Of course, apart from women and horses, he's a half-wit, but still, he amuses me. That's right. Facetiousness and pretending not to care will eventually win me back to you, is that the idea? What have you been reading, George? I'm about to disillusion you, Cecily. Cecily sits on arm of settee. You think I am too weak-minded to be firm about anything. True, I'm not firm over many stupid little things that other men would make a fuss about, merely because I don't consider that the end would altogether justify the means. 
you also feel that I love you still and desire to win you back to me by pretending not to care. Isn't that how you put it? You're all wrong, absolutely wrong. I don't love you any more, and I should loathe to win you back to me. I can imagine nothing more uncomfortable. I'm quite content to jog along here with you, providing you behave yourself, but if you do anything blatant and get talked about, there will be trouble, bad trouble. Now go for your drive and be back in time for tea. Enter Huddle, Center. Mr. Masters is in the car, madam, waiting. Tell him that I have decided not to go at all. And that we shall expect him back to tea. Very good, sir. Exit center. Cecily, after a pause, crosses to center. Thank you for being so frank with me, George. It's nice to know just where one stands. Your rudeness has only made me despise you a little more. Please don't expect me to be nice to your children when they arrive. I consider it an insult to me for you to have asked them here at all. George, left center. I suddenly expect you to be nice to them. I only hope they'll be nice to you. You're sure to be a novelty to them, at any rate. They've spent all their lives on the continent among a very haphazard set. It will be interesting for them to come to an English hunting county where immorality is conducted by rules and regulations. Anyhow, I'm glad we shall have a full house for the next few weeks. There will be more opportunities for me to avoid them. Moves right. If you continue in your present sunny mood, dear, I should think they'd be glad as well. There is a noise of a motor outside, and then the loud pealing of the bell. Here they are, here they are. Goes up center. Cecily, going upstairs. I may come down before dinner, and I may not. Crosses toward stairs. George, jovially. Well, it doesn't matter. Do exactly what you feel like. George, I think you're insufferable. Exit, angrily. There is a moment's pause. Enter Huddle. Huddle, announcing. Miss Gerda and Mr. Sholto, sir. Stands aside while they enter, and then withdraws. Both Gerda and Sholto are beautifully dressed. They come forward together, center. Gerda, center, softly, and she hopes appealingly. Please, are you our daddy? Sholto, center, with a pronounced break in his voice. Father! Sholto nudges Gerda, who runs forward and flings her arms around George's neck. Sholto wrings his hand in a manly fashion. George is entirely dumbfounded. Gerda, up center. Oh, Daddy! Daddy, we're so happy! Happy! Mother sends you her love, Daddy! Moves left. Sholto crosses left center. Oh, Father, you can never guess how we have longed for this moment. We've... Don't break down, big brother. George, left center, placing a hand on each of their heads. Little girl, Sonny, may I call you Sonny? Gerda, left, ecstatically. Shoto, he's got us! <laughs> <laughs> Laughing. I knew he would. You owe me twenty francs. Damn, I wanted to go on much longer. I've got that long speech we made up at Boulogne. Down to right. Never mind. Say it now. Sholto crosses to center. No, I'll wait until we meet our stepmother. Isn't it amusing, having a stepmother and a real mother at the same time? Where is she? Upstairs, having a headache. Was that photograph you sent like her? Mother was angry when it came, wasn't she, Gerda? 
absolutely livid. <laughs> they both shriek with laughter. She wanted to tear it up, but we stopped her. We made her keep it on her writing desk. Now tell us, were you glad to get Mother's letter? Were you looking forward to welcoming your long-lost darlings? I wanted to come in with a dog, like Peg o' my heart, but we couldn't find one. You know, you're both awfully like I thought you'd be. Are we? We weren't quite sure about you. We guessed you had a sense of humor, but we thought it would probably be submerged by now, that you'd be more hunty and sporty. You do hunt, don't you? Sometimes four and five days a week. What do you hunt? Sholto, center. Don't be silly, Gerda. You know perfectly well they hunt foxes and stags and rabbits and things. Oh, by the way, we've got a letter for you from Mother. Give it to him, Gerda. I haven't got it. You have. No, I haven't. Yes, you have. I gave it back to you in the car. You didn't. Gerda crosses to Sholto. I did. Plunges her hand into his side pocket and produces letter. There. I wonder if you'd both keep quiet for a moment. Take a look around. Sits in settee and commences to read letter. Sholto and Gerda wander round the hall, examining things. Sholto nudges Gerda, who looks towards George. She comes to back of settee, left center. Gerda, conversationally. Mother was looking awfully pretty when we left. She does her hair so nicely now. George, immersed in letter. Humph. Sholto, center. And she's got rather sunburnt. You know, a nice berry color. She does most of her writing outdoors. Sholto looks questioningly at Gerda, who nods emphatically. Then he runs out into the smaller hall and returns in a moment with a large cardboard package. Goes to back of settee, left center. The climate is so lovely in Alasio, all balmy with orange groves. Mother looks perfectly adorable in an orange grove. Does she indeed? Sholto, back of settee, left. Yes, she does. Perhaps you'd like to see this? Takes large photograph from packet and gives it to George. Thank you. Gerda, looking over his shoulder. That's mother, and that's us in the distance, and those are the oranges. George, dryly. How pretty. Yes, isn't it? I always think this is a better portrait. Takes another photograph and hands it to George, who winces slightly as it is apparently a painfully good likeness. By Jove! Stares at it. Sholto and Gerda nudge one another and smile. That old seat there is where Mother wrote most of Secret Lovers. She used to wear a funny little scarlet overall thing, and Maria used to bring her lunch out to her. It's lovely and cool in the shade of those cypresses. Takes another photograph from Packet. Personally, I always like this one best. It's so... George rises hurriedly dropping the two photographs onto the floor. He seems a little distraught. I don't want to see any more now, thanks. We must all go and wash for tea. Crosses upright. Sholto, picking up photographs. Well, there's no need to trample mother underfoot in your excitement. Round settee, picks up photos, and puts them on settee. Gerda crosses right center. I don't want to go and wash yet. I want to stay here and talk. You know, you'll have to tell us lots of things if we are to be a success with everybody. If you behave like the modest and assuming young things you are, you couldn't fail to be a success anywhere. Sholto crosses to George. It's all very fine for you to jeer at us, father, but if you don't warn us about things, we're bound to make mistakes. There's nothing very much to warn you about, except... 
Well? Movement to write. Well, if you'll forgive me mentioning it, don't assert yourself quite so much. Be more retiring. Sholto, write. Of course. Violets won't be in it with us. I'm afraid you won't have much in common with the others, so you mustn't mind feeling a bit out of it. You see, conversation in this part of the world is rather apt to run in grooves. Gerda, right center. That will be good practice. We'll see how long we can talk in one groove. I think the quieter you keep the better. Anyhow, at first. Do you play any games? Only poker. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. George, apprehensively. Do you play it well? Gerda and Sholto, together. Very, Very well. well. I might have known it. All laugh. <laughs> we also play bridge, just a teeny bit. Well, don't, while you're here. Very well, father. And for my sake, will you both try to refrain from doing anything utterly damnable? Gerda, wistfully. Of course, Daddy. Crosses to George. We'll do our best. We wouldn't wound our dear, kind Daddy for anything in the world, would we, Sholto? No, little sister. We will work and slave for him. All I ask is that you behave yourselves moderately well and try not to grate on every one. I think we're going to be very happy here. Crosses left. Gerda, right center. Did stepmother Cicely like the idea of our coming? George, right, going down. Well, you see... Or did she hate it? Well, you see... She hated it. What did I tell you, Sholto? We shall have to be wistful with her, that's all, and make her love us. You can have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with her, dear, and say how unhappy we are at home. And will she be a second mother to us? No, you'd better talk to her. Being the opposite sex, it will probably appeal to her more. Well, if you take my advice, you won't go on that line at all. Cicely would hate to be even a first mother to anyone, let alone a second. Do you think we shall like her? I'm sure you will. He's lying. George, movement to Gerda. Moments have cropped up during our comparatively short reunion, Gerda, when only the frailty of your sex has prevented me from striking you. Well, after all, it's only natural that she wouldn't want us. She probably thinks we're going to be odious. Won't she be surprised when she sees us? That remains to be proved. Anyhow, you leave her to us. We'll make her yearn for our company every moment of the day. Is the house full of people? Yes. They'll be back from hunting pretty soon. There is the noise of a motor outside. You'd better come and clean yourselves now. Here they are. All turn up to center. Do you always hunt in motor cars in England? All going toward stairs. George, as they go upstairs. No, my uninitiated lunatic. They're out with the Craigmore today. Well, I only asked. They are just at the top of the stairs when Gerda stops. Oh, I've left my bag. Get it for me, Sholto. There's a lamb. Wings heavily, unperceived by George. All right. Runs back downstairs. George and Gerda go off, talking. Sholto quickly takes the two largest photographs from the packet, stands them up on the mantelpiece, shoves packet under chair, then takes Gerda's bag and exits upstairs, two at a time. Huddle throws open door, center. Enter Priscilla Huddleberry and Sybil Blaith, followed by Claude Eccles. All three are in hunting kit. Huddle goes off left. Are you going to change now or have tea first? Oh, tea. I couldn't drag myself up those stairs without it. Lapsing into baby talk. 
eyes dreadfully tired sits settee left damned good day though taken all round crosses right sybil crosses top of stage toward stairs i should have liked it better if we hadn't been taken all round i'm worn out looking at watch it's late too huddle enters left with teapot and milk jug puts them on table left exits do you want any sybil not now i'm too muddy to enjoy it i'll be down soon exit upstairs claude crosses to table up right center i shall have a whiskey and soda helps himself turns down i must drink tea all by my little self then pours out a cup and helps herself to a sandwich claude on his way down center catches sight of photographs on mantelpiece hello who's this goes left to mantelpiece priscilla vacantly who's what these photos some friend of cicely's i suppose picks up photos shows them to priscilla who can it be now it isn't gracie fancourt i know her by sight i've never noticed it before have you no oh well we'll ask cecily when she comes down claude replaces photographs oh dear how i adore nice hot tea i wonder if they drink it much in poona claude sits on club fender i wish you weren't going to poona at all but think what poor morris would say if i didn't he's waiting out there counting the weeks until i come poor lonely darling still i shall hate leaving england and and everybody casts an arch look at claude who doesn't notice as he is gazing gloomily into the fire i wonder if you will really priscilla reproachfully taking another sandwich you know i will ickle prissy'll feel very homesick out there among nasty creepy crawly insects and snakes and things claude with some bitterness you'll have maurice only in the evenings he'll be out all day perhaps you'll have time then to write to me occasionally would you like me to very much yes crosses to her more than anything else in the world goes and sits by priscilla on settee priscilla overcome oh claude takes another sandwich when you're gone i don't quite know what i shall do we've been together a lot lately haven't we do you think people have noticed oh no i shouldn't be such a cad as to get you talked about priscilla with obvious relief i know you wouldn't claude ickle pussy has a very soft corner in her heart for you you'll dance with me as much as you can at the hunt ball next week won't you it'll be your last night down here of course i will i love dancing with you our steps go so well together if only you weren't tied down our steps might have gone together through life priscilla with gentle reproach you mustn't talk to me like that else i'll be cross with you i simply must say what i really feel for once i can't keep it back i priscilla hurriedly claude think of morris quickly takes another sandwich presumably to calm herself enter julia cragworthy followed by eustace julia is in riding habit eustace is not if you hadn't insisted on staying behind to jaw to lady churchingston eustace 
we should have been saved the hideous boredom of having to drive with the crossleys moves to left center eustace right center i had to stop because she was a great friend of my aunt's also she is twice removed from the cheshire churchingtons she'll be removed from leicestershire soon if she rides her horses to death like that every one was talking about it tea for the love of heaven gets tea from table left have the young prodigals arrived yet which young prodigals george's children they're due today so they are i'd forgotten all about them i expect cicely's in a flaming temper poor cicely she has no repose in a crisis why should it be a crisis it must be a crisis to any second wife to have the first wife's offspring suddenly foisted upon her no thanks claude claude has worked up and round to back of said tea with cakes which he offers to julia plain bread and butter eustace center i think it was in doubtful taste for jennifer to send them you knew her didn't you oh yes years ago what was she like very tiresome very tiresome indeed she and george used to jar on one another terribly i shall never forget by jove suddenly catches sight of photographs crosses the fireplace what is it julia moves the back of settee left eustace examining them closely this is jennifer very like she used to be very like a bit passe of course since i saw her been knocking about too much damn fool ever to have left george did she leave him i thought it was the other way round as a matter of fact they arranged it between them said they were too temperamental or some such rubbish takes cup of tea and sits on club fender i know the sort of thing i only hope history won't repeat itself what do you mean mrs cragsworthy well i'm a plain woman and i generally have the moral courage to speak out you mean cicely and julia top of settee left center roddy precisely but that wouldn't be history repeating itself exactly would it i mean jennifer didn't really care for anyone else i mean re-enter cecily downstairs so sorry all of you i've had a beastly headache all the afternoon had a good day julia top hole collins was out on that knock-kneed old chestnut he told me all about the hinton girls and roger gray i've never laughed so much in my life nora brand was out too and nicky and boy fenton i saw them all glaring at one another some people are amazing aren't they she sees photographs who put those there left center i don't know didn't you cecily looking at them hard but but why it's jennifer really i crosses to mantelpiece and back to center yes it is jennifer hasn't changed much considering i remember her let me see now cecily center sometimes george goes a little too far i must ask him to take them down they crowd up the mantelpiece so where are the two children cecily do they fall below or come up to your expectations i haven't seen them yet my head was too bad for me to come down when they arrived sits at table right george has carried them off somewhere to be perfectly frank i'm rather dreading them one instinctively mistrusts the idea of young people bred on the continent instinctively 
I don't wish to depress you, Cicely, but they're certain to be precocious. How old are they? The boy's twenty-one and the girl's eighteen. Where were they at school? I don't know. They've been mostly educated at home, I think. I thought as much. They'll know all the things they ought not to know. Perhaps you'd like to take them in hand, Julia dear. I feel sure you could be sufficiently firm. I can bear anything except artificiality, as long as they are natural, and don't try to push themselves forward and monopolize the conversation. Here they are. Up behind Settee, left. Re-enter George downstairs, followed by Gerda and Sholto. George, coming down right to Cecily. Cecily, this is Gerda and Sholto. Gerda and Sholto go to center and walk down. Cecily rises. How do you do? Gerda crosses to Cecily, firmly kissing her on both cheeks. Please, are you our new mummy? Falls back. Sholto crosses to Cecily with simple manliness. We have waited a long time for this moment. Takes her hand. Cecily, by table right, staggered. Oh, er, have you? Sholto, right center. Yes, indeed we have. Gerda said to me in the train, didn't you, Gerda? Gerda, center. I did. Sholto, she said, aren't you simply pining to see our stepmother Cicely? Yes, Gerda, I said. Didn't I, Gerda? You did. Yes, Gerda. She looked so charming in the picture father sent. Cecily, looking at George. What picture? George, right, airily. I just sent Jennifer one of your new ones. I thought you wouldn't mind. You sent Jennifer one of my new photographs? Yes. Cecily, coldly. Why? George, feebly. Because I thought she'd like it. Gerda, conciliatively. She did, too. Didn't she, Sholto? Sholto, with slightly overdone enthusiasm. She adored it! Cecily, movement, angrily to George. I failed to see that there was the slightest necessity. Well, never mind now. Julia, these are George's children. Mrs. Cragworthy, Mrs. Hartleberry, Eustace Dabbitt, and Claude Eccles. How, do you, How do? do you do? I'm an old friend of your mother's. Crosses to left center, shakes hands. Sholto, politely. Are you? Gerta moves left. Yes, don't you remember, Sholto? Mother said the very last thing before we started. Give my very best love to dear old Claude Eccles. He's certain to be there. My name is Dabbit. Back to Fender. Of course, how stupid of me. I, I mean, Dabbit. It's no use, Gerda. You floundered badly. To Eustace. I'm so sorry. My sister was only trying to be pleasant. I remember your mother. Let me see now. We were staying with Lady Dutton. Or was it the Fenworths? The Shropshire Fenworths, you know. Not the Leicester ones. Sholto, relieved. Oh, I am glad it wasn't the Leicester ones. I've heard such fearful things about them. Indeed. My aunt is a Leicester Fenworth. Forgive my brother. He was only trying to be funny. Sholto, holding Gerda's hand, both crossed to Cecily. We are frightfully excited, you know. It's the first time we've been in England. Anyhow, since we were tiny. So don't be cross if we're stupid about things. You see, living on the continent, as we have... Gerda interrupting. It's all naturally new and thrilling to us here. You can't imagine how funny it is, everything being grey instead of brightly coloured, and everyone talking in English and not waving their arms much, and... Gerda, we're talking too much. Remember what father said? Gerda cheerfully. 
Sorry, everybody. Do you want any tea? Crosses to left center, top of that tea. Yes, please. I'll do it, Cecily. You sit still and rest that poor, tired head of yours. Is it still bad, dear? Cecily, snappily. Yes, it is. It's a pity you didn't go for the drive with Roddy, after all. It might have done you good. He suddenly sees photographs. Hello! Why? Oh, Lord! He bursts out laughing and looks at Sholto and Gerda, who laugh too. Everyone else looks surprised, except Cecily, who is furious. You little beasts! Go and take them down at once! Sholto, going to Mantelpiece left. Of course. I always think photographs look untidy without frames. Cecily, with a forced smile. Give them to me. I'll tell Huddle to send them down to the village to be done. Sits by table right. Sholto crosses to Cecily. Sits at table, handing them to her. I think black would be nicer than anything else, don't you? Just plain and narrow. Gerda, right center, looking over Cecily's shoulder. Or perhaps brown wood. Cecily, scrutinizing them with a smile. So that's your mother? She's quite different from what I imagined. What a quaint dress. Is that typically Italian? Gerda, right center. No, only in overall. She always wears them during the day. So cool and comfy. Crosses center. Cecily, still smiling. Very pretty. Sholto rises, goes to tea table left. I think it's mother that's pretty, not the overall. Remind me about those, somebody. Puts them on table. Righto. Was Bobby Armstrong out today? Yes, I knew he would be. Beryl followed in a dog cart. She's got no go in her, that girl. She borrowed the top of my thermos and never returned it. Shallow. Very shallow. How she has the nerve to come to meets at all after what happened at the Cragmore Ball beats me. I knew she'd try to brazen it out. Bobby behaved pretty well over the whole affair. Damn good value, Bobby. Best stables in the Monday country. He sold Frank Forbes a ripping good filly last winter. Never turned her head. Enter Roddy by front door. Hello, Roddy. You have been quick. I didn't get to Dalsham after all. I've had some rather bad news. Moves down to Cecily. Cecily, right center. Bad news? What is it? Roddy, center. My brother out in Jamaica is dead. I've had a cable. I've been more or less expecting it. It means I shall have to go out there at once within the next fortnight. Cecily gives a little cry. Oh! Controls herself. How very tiresome for you, Roddy. I am so sorry. George, left center, top of settee. So am I, Roddy. Will you have to stay out there? Roddy, to left center. Yes. You see, I'm his only living relative. I shall have to take over control of his plantation, at least for a few months until all his affairs are settled. We shall miss you, Roddy, shan't we, Cicely? Yes, of course we shall. Won't you be here for the hunt ball after all? I don't know. It all depends. It's next Tuesday, isn't it? I shouldn't think I'd be able to get away before then. By the way, Roddy, let me introduce my son and daughter. Sholto and Gerda get up and shake hands. Sholto, crossing to Roddy, sympathetically. How do you do? Jolly rotten for you. You say he was your only brother. Shakes his hand. Gerda shakes his hand. You'll have to cheer up and try not to think about it. 
It is such a beastly long journey. I meant about him dying. Sit down again. So did I. Crosses back of settee. Roddy, hurriedly. Well, you see, I haven't set eyes on him for about eight years. Look here. I must go and write a note to your mother to thank her for you. You'd better both wait here. Sholto and Gerda, wistfully. Very, Very well, well, father. Sholto chokes into his teacup. <coughs> Gerda bangs him on the back. Everyone else goes on talking. Exit George, right. Does anybody want to play bridge? Julia? I will when I've changed. Crosses toward stairs. Eustace, I know you will. Roddy, do you feel like it? Roddy, right center. Yes, all right. Julia, going upstairs. I shan't be five minutes. Exit. Cecily, crosses left center. To Sholto and Gerda. Do you want to play? I think we'd better not. You haven't such a thing as a ludo board in the house? Priscilla? No, I'm going to write a long letter to Morris before dinner. Rises and moves in front of Settee toward stairs. Claude follows. They pause up-center. Come on, Eustace. Claude, you can cut in later if you like. I shan't play for long. Thanks awfully. Excellent Cecily, Eustace, and Roddy. Right. Gerda, conversationally. Have you been hunting all day? Yes. Did you find anything? Priscilla, giggling. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That's very funny. Oh, dear. It wasn't meant to be. I was only talking in intelligent interest. Not intelligent, dear. Now, don't be superior, Gerda. You really know just as little about it as I do. To Claude. You see, we want to pick up all we can about hunting, so that we can get all along all right in the groove. The what? The groove. The hunting groove. You don't talk about much else down here, do you? You see, we're used to people who talk about everything. Vice and art and food. And, of course, we don't want to be out of the swim. So will you tell us things? I'm afraid I don't have time just now. Enter Huddle to clear tea things. You'll learn soon enough. Are you coming up now, Priscilla? Starts to go upstairs. Priscilla, following him. Yes. If I don't catch this mail, poor Morris will think his ickle pussy dwefully neglectful, poor darling. Excellent Priscilla and Claude, talking. They don't seem to want to talk to us very much, do they? Oh, silly asses. Gerda, to Huddle, still out to be pleasant. What's your name? Huddle, miss. Have you been here long? Three years, sir. Do you like it? Yes, thank you, miss. Exit with Trey. There was a slight pause. Gerda, furiously. Sholto, I hate them. I hate them all, except Daddy. They're beasts. And that cat Sicily was trying to be horrible about Mother. They're all against us just because we're not narrow and horsey like them. I want to go back home now. I want Mother. She sniffs. Now, don't give way and be absurd. Remember, we have a mission in life. May the light of it guide you to a calmer state of mind. It's a very beautiful mission. I'm quite calm, really. But if you ever inherit this house, you can live in it by yourself. It's perfectly beastly. One thing cheers me up intensely. What is it? Sholto, complacently. The look Cicely gave when Roddy What's-His-Name said he had to go away. You mean that she's... 
Shulto, smiling. I think we're going to be very happy here. Curtain. End of Act One.